This is the Partnership for the Arts talk show, where we talk art. Hello, this is Victor Gartner, your host today for Where We Talk Art. And today, our guest is B.A. Wyckoff. And she is currently the Education Coordinator of the Visual Arts Center in Ponte Gorda and is also an artist. She does printmaking, installation art, and concept art. B.A. is in the studio, and we will begin our talk right after this brief message. is Partnership for the Arts. Come join us as we explore the world of art. You can find us on our Facebook page at Partnership for the Arts Group Talk Show. Or you can find us on our new website at pftatalkshow.org. PFTA Talk Show is recorded at the Visual Arts Center in Punta Gorda, Florida. We are back. Here we are, as promised, B.A. Wyckoff is here to talk about the educational offerings at the Visual Arts Center and as well as her art. So welcome, B.A. Hi, hello. Thanks for being here, because I know you're a busy gal. Oh, I'm happy to be here. Thank Hi. you. Great. I, I've looked at some information, but I would like you to uh, give our listeners a brief bio relating to, related to your art and then also you coming here to... To the Art Center. Oh, great. So I came into the VAC, the Visual Arts Center. Uh, I'm currently the education coordinator. Before I came here and got this role, I got my BFA from the University of South Florida. And then before that, I uh, received my AA from Florida Southwestern State College. And I concentrated in printmaking in Tampa. Um, but I would like to consider myself more of an interdisciplinary artist because I work in a variety of different mediums. And currently, I'm focusing more on installation work more than anything. All right. Well, I know that we have listeners who are interested in art, but have not taken classes here at the Visual Arts Center. And, and we have lots of classes. Mm -hmm. Could you kind of give us a rundown of the kinds of things that we offer here? Oh, absolutely. A variety of different mediums. We have, let me go through the list. We have drawing and painting. We have jewelry, fused glass stained glass, pottery. We now just introduced this new fiber art program, which is being held in another location in History Park, right off Steve Street. And we have about like five different instructors who specialize in quilting, sewing, looms. I know you know name that. it. Mm -hmm. So is that the, the building? Yes. It so looked it's, like it used to be somebody's home. At, yes. It's the their old Florida houses and it is with the name entails. It was the Quentin Heinemann house, I believe. And so as soon as you go into History Park, on the left, there is this very sweet yellow house. And so now the VAC has gotten that space, and now we are using it as like another studio. And right now it holds our fiber art program. And then hopefully as things, you know, grow, we would love to put different disciplines in there as well, whether it be our art socials, maybe some workshops, some painting. Right. Well, I, I'm saying we, not that I'm a part of the the people that run this wonderful organization, but because I'm a member, I feel that, you know, I'm, I'm part ownership in a way. You know what I'm yes. saying? That I have myself connected to the Visual Arts Center. Yes. So that's why I'm, I'm saying oh, I think we. 
Absolutely. And how would somebody sign up for a class if they were interested? So they would go on to our website, visualartcenter.org. And on our website, there are a few buttons at the top that will say, you know, home, about, education, exhibits, partnering with us, membership. You would go to the one that says education. And then from there, you will see a drop-down window that gives you an option to go to our on-site classes or the classes that are being held at the VAC in person. Uh, we also offer online classes, uh, workshops, and different art socials. Workshops are focused more on like special little projects that are usually tied to a class that already exists. Uh, you would go onto the website, click education, you would go to on-site classes, and then from there you would be given a whole different page which you could choose from, and each button correlates to a different instructor in a different class that is offered. And then you would click, like let's say you want to do a painting class, you would click the button, it would lead you to the page that would give you an example of who the instructor is, uh, what supplies you may need, um, whether or not the VAC offers a kit that is specific for that class and that instructor, and you'd have the option to sign up for the class, buy the kit, and to become a member, which would give you a discount for the art classes that are offered here at the VAC. All right. So if a person is not a member, they're still allowed to sign up for the oh, class. Oh, absolutely. We but welcome you a, to come in. There's a financial advantage to becoming yes. a member. Yes. Because you get the discount. Mm-hmm. Right. You get a discount on art classes and our exhibitions if you wanted to register for the exhibitions. So you could come make art, have a great time, and then have the option of showing your art and the different shows that we offer at the VAC. All right. If somebody took more than one class, mm -hmm. is there any special discount for taking more than one class? So with our classes, uh, we offer a four-week option and a six-week option. And you can sign up for an individual like sets of four weeks or six weeks if you would like. Our classes are made up into like 12-week bundles. All so right. if you wanted it to, it would be split into three sets or four weeks or two sets of six weeks. And so if you wanted to take Let's say you were doing pottery. Our right. pottery runs for six weeks. And you said that you wanted to do uh, the first set and the second set. Um, you could sign up for both of them, which would be the whole 12 weeks. And like during our main season, we do offer a like bundling discount that gives you like a like a percentage off. And right. so then you could sign up for both of them and enjoy both sets. So financially, it would make sense to be a member and to sign up for more than one series of classes mm -hmm. at a time. Yes. That's right. Sign up for enough classes and eventually we owe you money. <laughs> well, maybe not, but... <laughs> Every once in a while, I will say something a little silly. I'm sorry, but that's just the way I am. <laughs> okay, where can the listeners find out specifically about which days the class are and, and the times of the day they're at? So you can find all that information on our website, but you can also find it if you come into the VAC. We print out class schedules, and I make the class schedule that show what classes and instructors are teaching and what's being offered. So if you wanted to do it online, on our homepage, there is a link that shows a PDF of our schedule that we hand out here at the VAC, and that will show you what classes are being held, what medium they are in, what time they will be, and whether they are a four-week session or a six-week session. And on that schedule, you'll be able to see not only our classes, but our art socials and our workshops that we would be currently, you know, offering as well. And what is an art social? Art socials are these, uh, like, social events. Like, uh, an example, Marky Raposa uh, does a lot of our art socials. She has a Let's Get Splashed 
art social and a <laughs> yes and then uh she has another one where it's called anything but canvas so mark you bring brought in these wooden planks that she would paint on way of like decorating so it was for october where pumpkins painted on one side and then you'd flip it over and the other side like snowmen okay. and snowflakes sure. so then you could have this plank and put it out and for when it was like uh, fall, and then once winter came, you just flipped it over, right. and it was something completely different. Good for two seasons, yes. And with our socials, uh, we like to offer like some nice snacks. Uh, so we put some wine out, and it's just for a nice way for people to come in and enjoy art making, as well as you know being able to talk with you know maybe they bring a buddy with them or a friend, and they can go and make art and have fun. So it's a really nice evening out. It usually goes from about 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. So it's a nice time to just go in, do a project, and then go home with something new and creative that you've made. And you did it all in a couple of hours? Yes. With some very friendly people who want to socialize? Mm -hmm. Somewhat like-minded people? And wine involved, too. Yes. What can go wrong with that combination? (laughs) All right. That's wonderful. Well, I went to your Instagram Mm -hmm. page. And you identify yourself as uh, an artist. I'm going to quote what you say here. Specializing in problem solving and meaning making. Yes. And I think to myself, wow, that's a lot. That's a lot right there. Big (laughs) statement. But could you elaborate on that? So I, I communicate with not only my concepts, but with my materials. And it's based on more of this like collaborative effort. So I like to bring in my audience. I bring them in to my process for what I'm making. So then they feel like involved. And then once the work is finished, then they can relate to it more and concepts. An example of this would be one of my personal favorites is I had made this installation called Insecure Mirrors. And with these mirrors, I had, uh, I think I'm up to about... 60, 68 or so participants now. And so I'd go to them and uh, I would say to them, I need you to pick out a place on your body that you may feel insecure about. And I told them, I'm like, you do not have to tell me. You can take this home. But I would give them a spool of thread. Mm -hmm. And I would say, I need you to go. I want you to first take out the amount of string that you think that you would need to fit the circumference or whatever body part that may be. And so they would have the spool. They would take out their string. Uh, They would take out, you know, just copious amounts. They kept going. And I was like, okay, once you're done, you think that you have enough, go ahead and cut the string off the spool. I need you to measure that body part on you, like, in reality. And so they would go and they would do it. And uh, for some of them, they would would have so much access, like, of this yarn. Mm -hmm. And then they would look at it and they would be like, oh, wow, that's not what I thought it was going to be. And, Mm. you know, they were uh, just, like, really surprised. Yes. And this is something that I had to do for myself long ago uh, from just, like, being so insecure. And that was a way that I could, like, show myself that whatever I was thinking was not matching what was reality. And so I went to these different people and I had, I surveyed them and I said, I told them to do the same thing. And, you know, you had a different responses. Some, some people had a little less, some people had a little more, depending on what uh, they had thought about themselves or what their insecurity was, they, it would match accordingly. But every one of them was different. And so I took those strings, practice I like to do is I, I'm a screen printer. That is my favorite form of printmaking. 
And I was working at the Rauschenberg residency in Captiva. So I was learning how to burn an image on a silk screen. And it's a way that, you know, you put something on and you put on this like huge light board and then the light burns the image onto the screen and then you wash it out and then you have a, like a new screen that you can print through. All right. And so I took all these strings and I burned them onto a screen and then I went and I printed all those onto a mirror. So then you have these like abstract lines all over this mirror that kind of broken and it was interesting to see how the image you would look at, that way you would see every day, break it up. And it was like breaking this, you know, perception allows us to believe. All right, okay, that's great explanation of what you did. Mm -hmm. And I saw the pictures uh, of the mirrors. Mm -hmm. I've clarified that and I mm -hmm. know exactly what that is. Well, everybody, we have to take a brief break Stay where you are because we are going to be right back. Hey, this is Casey Nemec from Studio 7 Center for Creative Studies. And I love where we talk art. Thank you, Casey Nemec, for that message. Casey is the owner and artistic director of Studio 7 in Port Charlotte, Florida. It's a center for dance, art, music, fitness, acting, and acrobatics. And if you want to find out more about Casey Nemec and the center, please go to episode 64. And we were talking with artist B.A. Wyckoff just before the break. And we were talking about her very interesting concept art. Oh, man, there's a lot on there. There's a lot of uh, different bodies of work. It must have taken you a long time to amass everything that you did. So why don't you explain to our listeners what you've created? Well, my Instagram is where it's kind of like this personal space that I built up. I kind of refer to it more of like a sketchbook more than anything. Like three categories, I think. Like oh, up top, one. the highlights. Yes. So with the highlights, I am constantly taking pictures, not of myself. I am not a selfie queen, but of like various things around me. I am fascinated with currently with light. And so whenever I see very like different, whether it be a light reflection or just like a shape of a light, um, I, you know, it's, it's one of those things that interests me. And I'm like, wow, that looks really cool. I want to capture it. And then I can't help but want to share them. So right. then I post it on my story and I share it with, you know, all of my followers. And now I've created this very interesting collection of like these little light profiles uh whether mm -hmm. it be like a small square window and the square is casting onto the floor and you just have this one small square of light in the center of your, the room or you know the blinds and how the light coming in from the blinds create this this like interesting like stairs almost on yes. my floor right like clips i found myself uh, being most interested in the shadow oh okay yeah for whatever reason that that really caught my eye and there was one picture that was stairs mm -hmm. and uh, it seemed like the risers were quite dark but the treads were light and when I first looked at it I thought it was a shadow of, of, of a series of bars mm -hmm. it, it really fooled me as to what I was looking at 
Isn't that fascinating, though? take a couple of seconds to look at it and say, what am I really looking at here? So that was that was great. I, I really enjoyed that. And then you have one that's called Cups. Mm-hmm. All right, tell us about that. I am a big coffee drinker. I still am. And when I was in school, uh, I didn't I didn't want to use a travel cup. I should have. But I would get up for class. You know, you're waking up and it's like a 7.30 class. And you, the first thing you want is just coffee. So I'd go and I always drink black coffee. I don't put anything in it. It's mm-hmm. just one of those things. I'm a black coffee drinker. And I down them. I down them. And I would put it in my car and I would drink it and it'd be gone. And then when I would come back from class... Uh, the coffee at the bottom, the grounds would have been dried up. And so I kept looking at them and I, and I was like, wow, these create like interesting little like still lifes almost like each day it was something different. And the, you know, the grounds would make like various designs. One day it would look like, I don't know, like a face. One day it would be this obscure circles. And so I just started capturing them every morning when I would get back in my car and I thought that it would make just an interesting series of, of just coffee. And I still do it today. I don't know where they're going to go yet, but I just, I really enjoyed looking at the bottom of the cup. There are quite a few of them posted already. Oh, yes. All right. Now, somewhere online, I read that you do installations and concept art. Mm -hmm. And we talked about that a little bit. And, and those labels, Concept art and, and installations are kind of part of the postmodernist uh, art movement. Mm-hmm. And could define what an installation is. Well, this is how I view it. When I think of an installation that I may want to start building on or creating, I take in consideration of what space that I want, what space do I want to interact with, mm-hmm. and what space will my work be able to communicate well in. So. An example of this was my, one of my most recent pieces. Uh, it was called 50 Masks Flown at Half-Mast. And during, you know, the grips of the pandemic, you know, we were all terrified and scared. We didn't know what was going to happen. Right. And in that, you know, the depths of it, uh, I had lost friends mm-hmm. from, you know, COVID and family yes. members. And with that, all I saw on the TV was just death left and right and you know the blue medical masks were just going out you couldn't find them anywhere and then there was a moment where they came in and i was like i haven't seen anything you know honoring the people who had died Mm -hmm. and so then i had made the decision and i was like i want to create a flag um with 50 masks in them 50 states for the united states and i hand sewed them all together a neighbor of mine at the end of my street had a huge like flagpole and I asked him and I'm like, I want to fly this flag on your flagpole at half mass. I'm going to keep it there for the day. And he absolutely agreed. And he goes, yes, do whatever, go for it. And so I flew that the whole day and it was just the way of me, you know, you know, giving them, you know, that ability to like mourn and like that memorial for them. Yeah. Uh, um, a recognition. And uh, in terms of installation art, uh, that's how I see it. You, it's not only the art speaking for the art self, but it's the space that it's being put into. It kind of gives it more power. Mm-hmm. 
I saw a picture of another one of your installations, which was like a dinner table, a napkin folded, mm, yes, silverware, and practical plates. But there was something about those plates. Just yes, tell us about it. So that was a piece I called "Impractical Plates," and with those plates, uh, it was a piece on diet culture. And there was this app that was targeted towards children, like eight to thirteen, like small children, and it was an app called Curbo. And in this app, I downloaded it because it was going. People were getting very uh, aggressive with it online, and I downloaded it and I went to go see what the gripe was about. And I personally was in treatment for an eating disorder, so I was already interested and invested. And I was like, I wonder why there is this is such a hot take. And as you download the app, it, you open it, and it asks, you know, are you a child? You could be twelve years old to do it by yourself,、mm-hmm. or are you a parent of a child? And then I clicked, you know, the first one. I was like, okay, what would parents do? Was、so、I click the parent one? And then it gives you a way to, for the parent to fill out information about the child, their height, their weight. Yada yada yada, the medical stuff, and then there's a place where the child can fill out. You know, this is children as young as eight years old, even younger,、uh, who they say, you know, what are your goals? And in those goals, it's like I want to lose weight, and then it it gives you like the option for that, and then after that, it goes, why do you want to lose weight? And the options were quite disgusting. Like there was like to fit into school, to fit in my clothes, to make mommy and daddy happy. Mm-hmm. And I read that one, and I, I went white, and I just I was like, oh, this is not okay.、Mm-hmm. So I continued on to see what the app was going to have them do, and you would get through that part with your goals and everything, and it would give you like little reminders to like remind you to like eat your vegetables, drink water, and、uh, you would have to type in the food you'd be eating.、Okay. So like. Children would have their iPad, their iPod, what have you, and they would have to fill in their food. And instead of like、uh, an adult-driven app where it's like numbers, they would correlate different foods with these dots that were red, yellow, and green. Right. And so I started thinking of foods like I had as a kid,、uh, stuff that you know is typically bad food, good food. So the first one I tried was like, okay, I know cupcakes, like kids can't survive off cupcakes, so I type in cupcakes. Red dot, and I'm like, okay, hmm, cake, red dot,、uh, muffin, like a muffin, red dot, and I'm like, okay, well, what are some traditional kid foods like peanut butter and jelly, red dot,、hmm. Lunchables, red dot, and I'm like, okay, what about some green dots? And I sort of went to go look, and I was like, you know, carrots, green dot, broccoli, just broccoli, green dot,、um, things in the middle with like eggs, meat. Yogurts、right. were yellow, so then you had the、mm-hmm. red dot, which was like a no-no. Yellow, which was kind of like an okay kind of signal, and then green dot, which was your a-okay to go.、Right. And I started thinking, and I was like, "Let me get some menus from different elementary schools that I know of." So I pulled all of these school menus from different elementary schools from my area, so、right. like around here, you know. And I went and I logged all of their meals in, and every almost every meal that I logged in, even if it said like baby carrots steamed broccoli with something, it was like they were mainly red and like yellow. Even only, steamed broccoli. Yeah, it would depend, and then they would have options where it would be like just broccoli with like no butter, no nothing. It would be green, and then once you added like 
butter or, you know, some little things. They're kids. Or like ranch dressing was like a red dye. But if you had like the green with the broccoli and then you had ranch dressing, it would like even out so you would have it so it would be red and green. And it was just, I didn't find it appropriate at all. And so I went through all these menus and I kept track of what these dots made. And then eventually uh, I had them in a computer with the, the food and the dots. And then I took out all the words and I just left the dots. And I sat with that for a while and I kept seeing these colorful like dots around my paper. And I was like, the point of, you know, this for children is toxic. And these dots that correlate to this way of eating is completely impractical. Like these are children. And so then I took those dots and I drilled them into the plate. So those dots correlate to this impracticality of dieting, not only for children, but it's impractical for any, you know, human being. I can see that you're definitely very shaken mm-hmm. by by that experience, looking more closely into this uh, suggested dietary program. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, that's an interesting way that you decided to uh, make a point of it. Mm-hmm. Thank you for explaining that. Of course. All right. I have been wanting to have a, a good discussion with somebody who does art that is off the beaten path, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And most people think of art as 2D, mm-hmm. right? The painting, yes. put it in the frame. But your work is outside of the box, let's say. <laughs> yes. All right. And I know sometimes when people look at something that's abstract or vanguard, new, sometimes their reaction is, well, that's not art to me. Mm-hmm. Okay, you hear that kind of a thing. Yes. So what would you say art is? I think the term art by itself is this giant umbrella that overcompasses like the ability to create and express and it's just how like humans kind of manipulate and create their own way of expression and I think mm-hmm. everybody can make art but I think there's a different line where you make art and then there's like a division where it you then move over into being an artist oh and I think that's where a lot of people, they get like the, the controversial of then, like who is an artist? Like who decides that? Yes. And I think that's up to the maker. Why are they making art? Are they making it just to make money? Or are they making art because they feel in their soul or in their heart that it needs to be made? Or are they doing it as a way of expression or like art therapy? I think there it's so complex and I think that uh, it's up to the specific person to decide that you know for themselves all right good thoughts mm-hmm. good. obviously you put some thought into that I know sometimes when I ask a guest on the show what is art there's this very long pause and they're looking at me like help me I'm in a hole <laughs> <laughs> But you really gave a very good answer. Congratulations. I wasn't trying to trap you or anything, <laughs> but I just, I just wanted to know from uh, a person who does out-of-the-box thinking about art, mm-hmm. you know, what your, what your definition is. And uh, I think we're on the same page there. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, 
which is why I like inviting people into my process so then they can say that they they have now contributed to like this art making and then I don't get as many of those comments of people coming to me and being like well that's not art it's because now they've had like like privilege of coming into the process and learning and so now they know how that abstraction is being used and it gives they feel like more involved all right we're having that picture taken <laughs> okay well we have come to the end of today's podcast ba so i want to thank you very much and I want the listeners to know that your work can be found on Facebook and at Instagram. Yes. And thank you listeners for joining us. And remember, you can find out more about the educational activities at the Visual Arts Center of Punta Gorda online at visualartcenter.org. And support your local artists. Until next time, be well. Thanks for listening to the Partnership for the Arts talk show. 